0: Hello, and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased you joined me today. Before I begin, I just want to express my thanks to my listeners for being understanding that I needed a little break recently. Uh, I had to work the Virginia Scottish Games, and then the very next weekend was Anahata's Purpose. Uh, Both wonderful events, uh, but they both kick my ass in different ways, uh, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Uh, After the games, I actually didn't even have a voice for four days, so I couldn't have recorded even if I wanted to. When I was at Anahata's Purpose, a really interesting thing happened to me. I actually had more than one person ask me how I would describe the difference between being a witch and being a pagan uh, in all honesty, it's, I mean, it's really not super surprising because there are so many terms floating around uh, the metaphysical religions uh, and practices that it can actually become really confusing, even if you are a practitioner. So in today's episode, I will try and clear some of those questions up and hopefully not add more to the pile. First, let's tackle the word Pagan. There are several definitions for this, but I will start with the original definition. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, paganism is a Christian term used to designate those religions that do not worship the God of Abraham, the figure central to Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. It was originally a derogatory term used to denote peoples that worshipped false gods, it is unclear why this term was originally used, but the general thought is that the word pagan is derived from the Latin word paganus or pagani, meaning countryman, as in someone who lives on the outskirts of town or society, a peasant or a civilian in the non-military term. And so begins <clears throat> and so begins the Christian tradition of hatred and bigotry. Since the turn of the 20th century, the word pagan has been reappropriated as something that those of us who consider ourselves pagans are proud of. It can be used as a soft term to let people know that you aren't a member of a mainstream religion. So let's now discuss the modern definition of pagan. According to the Pagan Federation International, The official definition of a pagan is a follower of a polytheistic or pantheistic nature worshipping religion. Sarah Pike is quoted in a National Geographic article saying that it is very difficult to sum up what paganism is since there is so much diversity. Pagans view the natural world as sacred. They celebrate the interconnectedness of all things, seeing humans, nature, and spiritual beings as part of a web of life. Uh, In my opinion, I think this is probably the best definition that can be written. Uh, Paganism is is the ancestral religion of the whole of humanity, and the outlook of this ancient religion still remains active today in Japan and India and in smaller tribal societies worldwide. Uh, It's being reintroduced into Western society as well, which is why you are all listening to me today and also why my research was so easy for this episode. Thank you. (laughs) So now we know that paganism is basically a religion or group of religions or beliefs that venerate nature as holy. I would hazard to guess if everyone knew this definition, we would have a lot more pagans on our hands because I know plenty of folks who claim to be non-religious that venerate nature. But to each their own, uh, self-identification is, is just that. It's for, for the self. It's not for the masses. Uh, in addition to paganism, recently we have had a resurgence of the word heathen. What is that you say? Well, I'm going to tell you. Surprise, surprise. The word heathen was a derogatory term used to used regarding those who were not followers of the God of Abraham. In its normal context, the word heathen can be used to describe pagans. But in today's pagan circle, the word heathen has a specific religious following. A heathen is a devotee to Norse gods. Who, uh, who views the Icelandic Eddas and Sagas, oral, poem, oral poems recorded in the 13th century, as sacred texts? This is also used as a very generalized term for those who follow the Norse or ancient Germanic gods in general. Note that Norse and Germanic gods aren't only in Iceland, so that is why that specific definition for those who follow, follow the Icelandic Eddas and Sagas isn't really all-encompassing, but heathen can be, or the term heathen can be. Uh, Because I am not a heathen, and there are so many nuances to the religion and the sub-religions, I am going to defer you to a really wonderful and informative YouTube video by Ocean Keltoy called Asatru, Norse pagan, or heathen. Which one is right for you? I watched the video during my research for this episode, and he describes the differences so well that I don't actually think I could do it real justice. It's only about a 12-minute video and well worth your time. I will drop the link in my show notes as well as on my resources page. Definitely give it a a look. It's a great, great video. Now, let's touch on Wicca. Many of us who are my age, uh, you know, elder millennials, 40-plus, and our witches today started with our toes in the Wicca pool. The first word I can't read. First, comma. The word Wicca derives. The word Wicca derives from an old English word referring to sorcerers in Anglo-Saxon in- England. Chambers. Is Mercury still in the microwave? I feel like it is. First, the word. Wicca derives from an old English word referring to sorcerers in Anglo-Saxon. First, the word Wicca derives from an old English word referring to sorcerers in Anglo-Saxon England. God, I got through it that time. Wow, that was a hard, that was a hard sentence. In the early 1950s, Gerald Gardner, founder of the Gardnerian tradition, coined the pagan witchcraft community as the Wicca. He claimed to have learned this term from his initiation into the New Forest Coven in 1939. Wicca was originally an all-inclusive term for pagan witchcraft practitioners. It was eventually adopted as a term that differentiated followers of British traditional witchcraft from other practitioners of witchcraft and pagan witchcraft. Many believe that Wicca and witchcraft are interchangeable words, but they are not. All Wiccans are witches, but not all witches are Wiccans. Additionally, all Wiccans are pagans, but not all pagans are Wiccans. Herein lies the confusion. Wicca is used to discern the form of witchcraft that is actually practiced as a religion, with a goddess and god being the main deities honored. There is a sect of Wiccanism called the Dianic tradition that worships only the goddess. I am not a Wiccan, and I don't claim to know the ins and outs of the Wiccan religion. But if you listen to my podcast and are Wiccan, then you likely know where you stand. If you are not a Wiccan, but get asked about what a Wiccan is, hopefully this will help you to differentiate between Wiccan and what we will discuss next. Next. The word witch means a lot of things to a lot of people. The dictionary definition of a witch is a person thought to have magic powers, especially evil ones popularly depicted as a woman wearing a black cloak and pointed hat, riding a broomstick. The historical Christian religious definition is a woman who is believed to practice usually black magic, often with the aid of a devil or familiar less commonly, but more likely now a witch is a practitioner of witchcraft, especially in adherence with a neo-pagan tradition, family tradition or religion. So let's break that down a bit. I'm going to assume we all know that the first two definitions I gave are a bunch of BS. I mean, of course, minus the cloak, the hat, and the broomstick. Although my broomstick doesn't fly, I do have one. Uh, Witchcraft rarely has anything to do with the Christian devil, because the vast majority of us don't believe in the Christian pantheon. Because the vast majority of us don't believe in the Christian pantheon in general. A witch is someone who uses the energies of the universe to manipulate the world around them. Manifestation, prayer, spells, rituals, and meditation are all ways to focus energy into a specific desired outcome. We also know that our energy must also be a physical manifestation, meaning do the work to support the wish. Being a witch does not mean you have to be Wiccan or Pagan or any specific thing. Being a witch is a completely separate identifier. Each practitioner of witchcraft can have their own style of practice. Witchcraft is the epitome of choose your own adventure. You can be Christian. Don't come at me. It's an actual thing. Don't come at them either. They're allowed to believe what they want. Uh, You can be a Christian, Wiccan, Pagan, Atheist, Agnostic, Jewish, The list goes on. You can be any of these things or none at all and still be a witch. The majority of witches you encounter in today's world are likely pagan, but they are not the be-all and end-all, nor are they better or worse than other witches. There are so many subgenres of paganism, heathenry, and witchcraft that I could make this episode go on for hours. Um, But we'll stop there for today. I hope that you find this information uh, helpful or at least entertaining. I encourage you to do your own research if you have more questions. And as always, you can reach out to me via email or on social media, and I will do my best to answer any questions you may have. If I don't know the answer, I can help you find the right path to finding it, at least. And now, for the fun part. For today's spell, I'm sharing the Maybon or Autumn Equinox. For today's spell, I'm sharing the the Mabon or Autumn Equinox Tea Ritual from A Tea Witch's Grimoire by S.M. Harlow, which comes out in October from Wiser Wiser Books. Uh, First, I'm going to read you the press release about the book. First, I'm going to read the press release about the book. Um, Celebrate the simple pleasures and great magical power of teas and herbal brews with over 70 recipes from every purpose for every purpose and occasion. A Tea Witch's Grimoire offers recipes for magical botanical brews of all sorts, teas, elixirs, potions, and concoctions, accompanied by spells and rituals to put these brews into action. Whether you're looking for prosperity, protection, mental clarity, love, or beauty, This tea spell book has a carefully crafted recipe for you. The author, Susanna Harlow, first started to learn tea witchcraft and lore as a young girl at her grandmother's side. In this book, she now presents the recipes and magical tea lore she learned and perfected over the years. Here's just a sample of the cornucopia of magical recipes, spells, and botanical brews that can be found within. Celebrating the holidays of the Wheel of the Year, honoring the phases of the moon, aligning with your astrological sign, using crystals as part of your tea magic, working with everyday problems, and personal aspirations. Also included is an information-packed section listing recipe ingredients and how they correspond with specific energetic qualities and personal goals. A version of this title was previously available directly from the author, but this one is updated. Um, The author, about the author, S.M. Harlow discovered her love of wildcraft over two decades ago. When she is not writing, Susanna is studying to become a doctor of traditional naturopathy. She lives just outside Birmingham, Alabama with her husband, son, and their adorable, fluffy Welsh corgi. Unfortunately, they don't tell us the the Welsh corgi's name, but I know we all want to know it. So now for the spell. Actually, I think this is more of a ritual. Uh, So this is for Maybon, which is coming up uh, Saturday, September 23rd, uh, or the autumn equinox also it is referred to. The best time to do this ritual is at sunset. At the center of your ritual space, place a very large wooden wreath and decorate it with bundles of rosemary, sage, and bay. You may also decorate the wreath with carnelian, citrine, obsidian, tiger's eye, and moth's agate crystal. Place a beautiful traditional cast iron teapot at the center. Obviously, folks, if you don't have some of these things or all of these things, you can substitute. This is just uh, Harlow's rendition. Beside the wreath, collect a bundle of paper tags and have a pen on hand. Place a strainer within the teapot and in it blend one teaspoon of oolong, one teaspoon of chamomile, one teaspoon dried apple pieces, and one stick of cinnamon. Pour 195 degree water over the tea. If you don't have a way to measure the temperature, just I'm sure boiling water will work. Let it steep for three minutes. In a censer, burn an incense of sage, marigold, and myrrh. As the tea is brewing, each person in attendance may take a paper tag and write upon it a one-word wish and clasping it between the hands chant. We give thanks to the bounty of Mother Earth. May we may we too find our own bounty and wishes fulfilled. Using string, attach the paper bags to the wreath, serve the tea, and toast to witches, wishes granted. Drinking to... to oh, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Using string, attach the paper tags to the wreath, serve the tea, and toast to wishes granted. Drinking to seal the spell and to accept these energies into yourself. Hang the wreath in the home or on the front door to attract these wishes into fruition. This recipe may also be used to celebrate harvest, and the harvest celebrations in general. So that's a pretty awesome um, little ritual. This is a beautiful book. It's a small one. It would fit right in your purse. Uh, it's hardback. It's beautiful. Um, There's lovely illustrations in the whole thing. A nice uh, ribbon to mark your place. Uh, Just a really beautiful, beautiful book. So this comes out again in October. Definitely worth a check. And it's very inclusive. Uh, Not all the witches are white. They They represent people of the entire world, which is wonderful. It's just absolutely a gorgeous book. So. A Tea Witch's Grimoire uh, by S.M. Harlow. Wiser Books, October 2023. And now for our card of the day. Today I'm pulling from the Priestess of Light Oracle by Sandra Ann Taylor and Kimberly Weber. Um, I love this oracle. It's just so pretty. And today's card is absolutely stunning. It's shamanic journey, purpose, attunement, And Vision Quest. It is a beautiful Native American woman uh, with ethereal headdress riding a gorgeous gray, dapple gray horse in the evening with the moon behind her and clouds in the sky. Just absolutely so beautiful. She's wearing a a gorgeous white uh, dress with a, a belt and it looks like a turquoise necklace. Uh, Just really beautiful, beautiful picture. Shamanic Journey, uh, Purpose, Attunement, and Vision Quest. This radiant shamanic priestess rides the wind horse before the full moon, heralding a sacred time for you, one that can lead you into great personal healing and radical transformation. A literal or metaphorical journey awaits you, unearthing such profound wisdom your life may never be the same. If you wonder what your true purpose is, now is the time to open and receive. The white feathers of the priestess's headdress are a symbol of spirit, a message about freedom from the mundane world. The pursuit of spiritual matters may be where your greatest purpose lies, and the expression of your spirit's value and power may come in, in the form of shamanic practices like healing, ceremony, and psychic vision. Let yourself look first to this side of you, for it could reveal the core purpose from which all other intentions and activities grow. The antler in the priestess's left hand is a symbol of higher concentration. Since a young deer regularly sheds its antlers, the message here is to take some time to learn what old perceptions need to be shed for your own growth and higher purpose. Attune to the voice of your higher self and don't be afraid to let go. For the promise of new opportunities and expanded perceptions is clear. These new approaches, approaches will illuminate your passage and your vision quest. You deserve to devote yourself to your own soul's evolution. Meditate on your purpose and envision the inner and outer journeys that will bring you greater attunement. Once you prioritize this process, your purpose will be fulfilled in magical and even miraculous ways. Today's affirmation is, I am attuned to the shaman within. I devote myself to my own soul's journey, and I am blessed. So beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. All right, friends. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. I really had so much fun researching this episode. Uh, It just seemed perfect for my my jump back in. So again, if you have questions or anything, you can reach out to me. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. Um, I also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the hearth and hedge. I actually have a new lineup of Patreon tiers, um, including a craft tier. Um, and as always, if you like what you hear, please feel free to uh, leave a review uh, wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs> It's been a while, folks. It's been a while. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you next time.